If you grow your landscape company from the ground up, chances are you're going to reach a point where you're maxed out. Either you or your team are gonna to have too many customers, quality will suffer, and even though you're working a million hours a week, your profit margins and mental health are simply unsustainable. In today's podcast, Andy McDuff from Landscape America shares how he reached a point where he needed to let nearly 200 customers go. Check out today's conversation to hear how Andy did that respectfully, plus how to double your client's average annual spend without necessarily doubling your prices, how to let clients go without being a jerk, and the answer to an interesting question about how sales training can impact your operations team, not just your sales team. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jost is here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This podcast is all about growing the snow and landscape industry through sales, leadership, and marketing ideas. Today, we have a conversation that all small business owners need to hear. And we have a lot of other really cool people on the show too. So if you're new here, make sure you subscribe at landscapersguide.com slash podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're getting value from the show and you're already subscribed, leave us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, or like this video on YouTube. Those likes and reviews help more people discover the show, which ultimately helps us grow the green industry together. Many small business owners, myself included, enjoy the relationship side of running the business. I enjoy the customer relationship and taking care of people. And I know that many of you do too, and it's a key part of your success. There's also a point in your business where some customers may not be the fit for your company anymore, and it can actually be a disservice to try and keep them. But when it comes to letting customers go, especially the ones who were your first customers when you were just starting out, who've been loyal to you and you've been loyal to them, there are a lot of feelings that can come up of fear that you're going to ruin your reputation, anxiety, um, you know, just general fear that you're they're going to they're going to be really angry at you. But check out today's interview to hear how many of Andy's clients, out of nearly 200 that he let go, how many of them were grumpy and mean and rude versus how many were accepting and even grateful that he called them to tell them. That might give you some confidence when you need to make this decision. So let's get into the interview. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Landscaper's Guide. Today, I'm excited to interview Andy McDuff. He's the Director of Operations from Landscape America. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, so Andy, tell us a little bit about Landscape America. What kind of services do you offer? Where are you? And uh, about how big is your company? Sure. So Landscape America, we're located in Rentham, Massachusetts, um, we are a commercial maintenance and snow plow company. Um, this year, we're looking to do right around the $8 million uh, mark uh, collectively. That's, that's, you know, snow and landscape combined. That's awesome. And, and uh, how long, so you're, you co-own the company with your brother and yeah. tell me, tell me a little bit, how, how did you guys get started? Um, so my brother wanted to be a salesperson. 
that's that's kind of how this came about. It was uh, 2006, so it's been um, 16 years. We were both working for uh, a company, a tree company that did some landscaping as well. We were two of the landscape foremen. Uh, and yeah, my brother knew he wanted to be a salesman um, and he asked for the opportunity and they didn't give it to him. So he said, I'm going to go start my own thing. Uh, and then about two weeks later, I said, I'm 20 years old and I'm going to do it. I better do it now. So it's like, sure, let's do this thing. So we, uh, we started up in 2006, right when the economy kind of plummeted and uh, that was fun. And we learned a lot really quickly <laughs> and here we are. So today I wanted to, to chat with you about some of the big decisions that you've made to get to where you are now, specifically around pricing and the type of customer that you serve. And I, you know, I started my company in 2009, similar time frame. And what I'm doing now is very different from what I was doing in 2009. I'm really grateful for all of the experiences I've had. And along the way, I, I needed to learn some hard lessons around, uh, you know, not charging enough, uh, work, working with everyone. And I know that, you know, we've had dinner at Sima at the Sima Symposium. That was so much fun in Milwaukee. <laughs> and uh, I've gotten to know you a bit. So, so share with the audience a little bit around what were you doing before and some of the chaos that it caused and how did you end it? Um, yeah, so... Like I said, when we first started out, it was um, literally flyers. Like we, if we didn't have work, we were walking through neighborhoods, knocking on doors, um, taking anything that we could get. I, th I think that that still happens a lot. I see a lot of smaller companies around us that you know that they'll they'll take everything, any any call they get in their office, they're going to go run out there and try to try to grab that job. Um, so, you know, like two years in or something around that time frame, we kind of realized that this isn't sustainable. Like we can't, you know, we can't just keep doing every little tiny thing. We have to start focusing in on something, you know, start gearing it in some direction. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's when we, you know, realized that we probably had too many clients. You know, that was the first time I think uh, at the time, he wasn't our coach. Dan Foley is our business coach, but I believe that's the first person that told us to double our price and, you know, um, do it for half your client, you know, half your clients. Um, so we, we kind of ran with that and, and, um, you know, followed that process to, to whittle down. And, and so at that time you had around 375 maintenance clients, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That, that's residential uh, maintenance accounts. Um, yeah. We, we ended a season, remember coming to the end of the season and, and hearing that number, I was like, Oh, that's kind of daunting. You know, no wonder why I don't want to answer my phone right now. Uh, you know, there's 375 people. I could not keep up as one, one person. That was my job at the time was um, to be the accounts manager for all residential um, clients. And I, I was not doing a good job. Uh, you know, so if, if you want to, you know, I tell that to our accounts managers now, so I can tell you a lot of what not to do probably, you know, by, uh, by, by learning from those lessons. Um, so yeah, coming to the end of that year, we had like 375 clients and we decided to, um, follow exactly what, 
uh, you know, we had heard that might work. So we took 175 of them or to 200, I can't remember the exact number. And um, we found other landscapers around us that would service those clients. Um, and for the remaining clients, the, we, we forced, forced we, we suggested that they sign up for a set um, group of services. There was five services distinctly to make sure that, you know, the, the theory that we were running with was that we would want to work on someone's property from start to finish, right, in, the se in a landscape season, right? So spring cleanup, fall cleanup, everything in between. Um, so that was kind of the criteria that we guided, that we used to guide us um, in doing that. And when I say double the price, it's not that we went from charging $45 a man hour in, of labor straight to $90 a man hour in labor. It, 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 it was a lot of scope change. You know, it was more about revenue per client, um, you know, trying to increase that, that amount of revenue that we're producing per client in order to um, um, service them better. Yeah, I really, I really like that. The revenue per client and the opportunity to upsell, and you know, a lawn mowing client to a full landscape maintenance package um, for the year. How did you do that? And how did you know which ones to upgrade to the full, the full plan and which ones to let go? You know, we just looked at, the clients and who was signed up for what, uh, you know, and if somebody was signed up for, let's say spring cleanup and mowing services, but hadn't signed up for fall cleanup yet, well, they're two out of the, you know, five services. Um, so we just, you know, literally evaluated our clients, um, which, you know, I think the first time we did, it felt a little funny, you know, to start talking about A versus B clients or C clients. I was like, we have relationships with all these people. I don't want to talk about them like that. Like I love Mrs. Jones, you know, right. but she only does right. one service with us. So she's technically a D client. It's like, right. You know, yeah. Like Mrs. That, Jones that can be has got to go. She either needs yeah. to buy more or she's out. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to send her hate mail. No, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Right. So yeah, no, it, a lot of times when I, when I talk through this with people, they have that reaction because they have relationships. And especially when you've grown from literally going door to door with flyers saying, Hey, can you, will you please work with me? Um, people who have given you a chance to now you're thinking of, uh, you know, moving on it, it is, it can feel hard. Um, one of the, the podcasts that I've done, I learned a system called stack which which is an acronym for stars advancers cruisers and killers and and the killers are profit killers these are accounts that are actually a net loss and some for some companies they can be the highest paying from a revenue standpoint but they're super needy and they're under scoped and you start saying oh they're our highest paying client we're going to do all this extra stuff for them but it's actually not profitable um, so anyways, grading your clients, whether it's A, B, C, and D, or I like the stack method because the killers, you should just cut. You should you should graduate them. You should move on from them. You might have cruisers, though, that are great. They're just kind of in a maintenance mode. They're bread and butter. Then there are advancers, and these are people who, if they were offered more services, 
they could advance to a star level and the star level are these is your top 20% of your clients who are spending the most you enjoy working with them they're referring you to other other people like that so that that's that's one of the ways that I I have personally done it and how I recommend clients to do it so it sounds like you kind of made you know made up some way of doing that and and then how did how did you actually communicate with them did you send them letters did you call them did you email them how did you kind of work through the list to to get mrs jones from the d list to the c list um we we call we called them to yeah to be to be honest it's maybe not the i know i think it was a good practice to do is to you know reach out and yeah. tell them you know in person but you know i think that's a lost art a little bit as a, you know, everyone goes straight to the email and text message, but, um, yeah, but before we called, we had everything, you know, prepped up, ready to go. You know, we had a, a script that we wanted to make sure we stayed on track with, cause it's a tough conversation. And, um, we, we had already vetted out other service providers that could help them out. Um, so I remember we had, you know, we, we had a, a, a good, uh, list of three or four people to, to give them the names for. And we'd already talked to these, these people to make sure that they had room in their book of business to take them on for the following year. So we, we made sure to tell them that the reasons are, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a set scope of work. You're, you fall outside that scope of work. So unfortunately we only have a finite amount of resources. So we're going to have to um, we're not going to be able to provide services for you next year. This person would be able to help you out and would be, you'd be better served by X. Um, and I, I love that. And did you work out, I'm just curious, like a commission or a referral, anything with, with those people when you sent these clients or we, we didn't, maybe it was missed opportunity, but I looked at it as more of, again, we're emotionally attached to these, you know, sure. these clients. This is, how we started our company, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, so it's not the easiest thing to, to just go and do. Um, so I, I, we were looking at it more of like, you know, they're helping us out of the situation so that we can morally walk away, you know, making sure it's like I left them in good hands. Everything's fine. It's going to work out better for them. Just so good to what we want. And- there was definitely a couple of people that were not happy. Uh, I remember distinctly there was there's two people I see around town and I know they still don't like me. But what well, can you do? What? Why? What? I mean, what? What? I mean, you called and like, what did? Why? What's their? Pro- what's the problem? You know, I, I'm not gonna take a guess at why somebody would, you know, <laughs> completely. You know, it's not my my uh, place to 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 yeah you know, decide what they're thinking, but. I remember it being something along the lines of, you know, you know, stick with your first clients. You should, you know, you should, uh, yeah. you know, you know, never, never let them go type, you know, uh, you know, we were here at the beginning and <clears throat> the business changes. Yeah. So I think it's important to share that because a lot of people have this fear that they're going to blow up their reputation and, never work again and everyone's going to hate them. But the reality is, and I I've done this myself and I've, I've worked with many businesses, even outside of the green industry. And typically when you go about it intentionally, like you did, and you went above and beyond to even find another company that had capacity, you know, um, 198 out of 200 are going to be like, cool. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Andy, thank you. Right. And like two of them, 
are going to be grumpy. So what were, what were some of the results of this within a year from like a profit standpoint? I don't, I don't need it. This isn't, you know, this isn't mm. your, your, uh, we're not filing taxes here, but in round numbers, what, <laughs> what, 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 what was the profit like? What was the stress relief? Like what, what were the results of this on the company and for you personally? Yeah. I mean, I can answer the question best about my stress levels and, mm -hmm. um, Rep, speaking on revenue, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if profit dipped, if it stayed mm -hmm. the same, you know, either on net or gross levels. I, I can't remember mm -hmm. off the top of my head. Um, but revenue basically stayed the same, which was, you know, our, our goal. And um, we were happy we succeeded, you know, with that um, through scope change and the ability that I could then upsell during the year. Cause that's one thing when, you know, with that 375 clients that that year I had that many, I, I there was no chance I was, I was, um, upselling any enhancements. I, I just, I distinctly remember the crews coming back and saying stuff like, um, Oh, Mrs. Smith has, a, a you know, a, a dead shrub. We should, you know, rip that out and, and replace it with something else. And, you know, I'm just going, who's got time to, you know, you guys have your hands full of what everything you got going on. I, I don't have time to call her. I don't have time to go sell that job. And then we don't even have the people that I can go do that job. So like, I appreciate you guys bringing me the feedback, but I'm going to table this potential sale, which is terrible. Yeah, no, I, I have personally had that ex same experience where, and, and then also with my staff where they're like, oh crap, the customer wants to buy more stuff. And we're like, we're at 105%. So I, I think, you know, that's a, a clear sign that you're either, well, probably, you're probably not charging enough, <laughs> right? And then also that you don't have enough people on your team. I interviewed one of my clients, um, Tori Schlanda from Betterview Landscape, and he does, he, he uh, used the 80-20 rule to, he, he changed the pricing model for 80% of his clients to unlimited, so it's unlimited snow removal for residential. And cool. then the top the top 20% are still a pay per push model. And the yep. reason is they, they just had more snow to clear. And that model worked really well for him. I think he lost 30% of his customers, but his profit went way up. And, and most importantly, he was able to get the same amount of work done with more profit with the same number of people. So it was just kind of this like, relief on the current people. This was all residential focused um, with this customer uh, shift. Now you're really focusing on on growing as a commercial snow and landscape company. How did you end up, you know, so it sounds like your roots, their origin was mainly on the residential side. You had some commercial and now it's really focusing on commercial. How did you end up there and why why is that the direction of the company now? We are not set up for residential plowing. We weren't. Um, so we, we moved away from residential plowing. So for us, plowing, marrying the, our, our, our snow service accounts with our landscape accounts together, that's you know, um, you know, the goal. Um, and, and stability of the marketplace for us, again, in our area, everything we've seen since we've been in business, that it, it affects the residential market before it affects the commercial market around us. Um, and the competitions 
there's less competition in the commercial space. Harder to break into. We've had a hard time with it. We're working on it still, but um, the competition on the residential side, there's 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 a lot of service providers uh, around us. Um, so that's why we you know, steer towards the uh, the commercial market now. Well, Andy, it's been super fun talking with you about that. I, I, I'm curious, before we wrap up, how often are you eliminating 200 of your clients? So is, is this, uh, you know, maybe you don't need to eliminate 200 every year. Are you, how often are you revisiting your client list and grading them and adjusting your pricing and things? Yeah, yeah great point. Um, well, when you mentioned the 80-20 um, uh, earlier, uh, it, remi- it it stuck in my head as that's, that's um, something that we do every single year. Uh, you know, right now, actually, that the sales team is going through uh, both commercially and residentially and talking about top 20%, bottom 20%. So the 80-20 rule in both directions and why are they there and should they be there again next year? So every year we look at, yeah, the bottom 20% and, and um, is it right to move them on? And you know, is our pricing in line? I don't want to say that we double our price every single year. That's that's not true, um, but you know we got to be keeping up with the economy. So you know, raising prices every year is something we do. Well, Andy, thanks so much for coming on the Landscapers Guide. Um, for people listening who might want to network with you, how can we connect? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, if anybody wants to connect with me, they can reach me. Uh, my email is a mcduff. My last name, M-C-D-U-F-F at landscapeamerica.com. If I can be of any help to anybody, be happy to do it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out that conversation. And it's an interesting question. How many of your clients are the right ones now? How many of them are the right fit for where you're heading? And what decisions could you make in from marketing and from account retention? Remember, not every client needs to be your client this year or next year. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I certainly did. And if I haven't already sent you beef jerky in the mail, I bet you didn't know that I would do that. I would I would love to send you some beef jerky in the Landscapers Marketing Field Guide. It's a short booklet that'll help you figure out which marketing to focus on first to get lasting results quickly for attracting your hell yes customers to your snow and landscape company. So go to landscapersguide.com slash toolbox and we will ship you the Landscapers Marketing Toolbox. Has lots of goodies in there. Check out our show notes for a quick link. I'm Jack Justice, and I look forward to seeing you next week on the Landscapers Guide. Oh, first time talking today.